Thank you for joining us today for the Gospel Light Baptist Church podcast with Pastor Brent Lenentine. We are a Bible-believing, Christ-honoring, gospel-centered church family located in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. We are motivated to love God, grow together, and serve others. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at gospellightbaptist.org. Now we hope you enjoy today's message from Pastor Brent Lenentine. So everyone who uh, is able to, if you'd stand, let's read if we would here in Deuteronomy chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 18. So in Deuteronomy chapter 18, we're going to look in verse number 9. And um, if you have, as you have it open there, and hold your place there. We'll refer back to it in just a few moments. So in Deuteronomy chapter 18, and then in verse number 9, the Bible says, When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or useth divinations or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. The Heavenly Father, I pray that you should bless and lead in these few moments now. Uh, just speak to our hearts um, through your word and just uh, encourage us and strengthen us in this time. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So one of the resources that I used amongst many others uh, throughout this series of uh, false religions is a book called The Kingdom of the Cults. It really has been, uh, it really has been um, uh, kind of one of the main sources to learn about different false religions in that. Uh, the writer now, the kingdom of the cults, um, as you come to this particular chapter, started out and spoke of it with such passion because he believed, and he has believed for decades, that potentially one of the most damaging uh, of all different false religions is this one right here. Great concerns about it because of how subtle it is and because of how appealing that it seems, the message of it, you know, just um, speaks to our heart and our flesh so very much, and it just seems so enticing to us, uh, and so just the danger of that. So here's a quote as we start out from them. It says, so many people, Christian and non-Christian alike, know so little about the evils of New Age thinking. New Age teaching has a modern, is modern roots in uh, the theosophy, uh, the unity school of Christianity, Christian science, spiritism, Baha'ism, uh, and uh, Rosie, uh, Crucianism. Uh, over 60 million people dabble with some New Age practices and occultism um, thinking. Over the last 50 years, national magazines and newspapers and radio and television programs have proclaimed and trumpeted the New Age cult. Uh, Time magazine has featured New Age at least on two cover stories, one showing Shirley MacLaine and another a masked high priest of the Church of Satan. Uh, a once obscure and virtually unknown publishers have given way to familiar and even admired New Age teachers. Alice Bailey, Madame Helena 
uh, Blavatsky, uh, Annie uh, Blessant, and, and Moses Hall are well known and received by many people today. In the 1960s, this false teaching began to publicly emerge, uh, and the church, for the most part, said nothing about it. Now the false teaching has taken deep root, and we can no longer ignore it. These teachings have even crept into the messages, listen to this now, these teachings have even creeped into the messages of many well-known and so-called preachers of today. And so it's also then prevalent here for us in the state of New Mexico. Uh, New Mexico then is identified by many around the world as the New Age Mecca of the West. Specifically, Santa Fe and Taos are very well known, uh, and many travel here from other countries uh, to get enlightened from the elements, the wind, the sun, the sky, the mountains, and the water. These would also, these elements now would also be amplified by ancient beliefs of many of the native people. There are reasons in New Mexico, there's a reason in New Mexico why it's called the land of enchantment. So I've seen then many hang a crystal uh, from their car window as they drive down the road. It's supposed to capture all these different elements and it's supposed to channel it into you, uh, give to you blessings and give to you enlightenment and empowerment. So the New Age cult in its channeling and connecting with the spirits of this world uh, makes uh, it very much an occultic belief. Now, whenever you use the occultic, it is specifically, again, satanic. It's a form of worshiping Satan, what they would often like to call Lucifer, but that was his name and glory and brightness. But he's fallen now, and so he's no longer Lucifer, but he's Satan, the devil, the dragon, as we'll see uh, in the book of Revelation. Now, as we come here, C.S. Lewis, and C.S. Lewis was a great English apologist. He really studied the Bible and religion, and also a writer. He correctly saw the religious battle lines being drawn. He said that the final conflict would be between Hinduism and Christianity, because Hinduism absorbs all religious systems, and Christianity excludes all of the man-made beliefs and maintains the supreme claims of Jesus Christ as the only Savior and the only Lord. And so it's a very great contrast here. And so the New Age then scoops up so many different things and it draws it all together into this mystical uh, matter of the worshiping of spirits in the whole realm, again, of the unknown. And so this is what we want to be on guard about and be very careful about. In your bulletin, you should have an outline there. Today, there'll be about a dozen, if you would, different uh, places that you could fill in, fill in the blanks. First off, as we get started, here's a statement that I want you to understand. New age is not new, okay? New age is not new. Uh, it's not new at all. It's something that's very old and it's something that's very ancient. So the Bible con condemns for us this matter of sorcery, the matter of magicians and sorcerers, fortune tellers, if you would, those who would look to the moon and the sky, even such things as is a, uh, a very acceptable form of horoscopes and then being able to determine, if you would, what your future is going to be or how today is going to look like or what this month is going to look like for you based on if you're a Virgo or a, or a Sagittarius or whatever all the different ones are, I don't even know, uh, and how the stars and everything aligns for you uh, as to whether you're going to have good fortune today or you need to climb back in bed and pull the covers over your head and not venture out today. And there's many people that live by all of this different stuff. And so God warns us about this now in his word. We'll see this now uh, from this. And let me just lead into this, if we would. The New Age then receives 
ancient occultism. It holds then ties with Sumerian, which was uh, the ancient spirit worship and beliefs from Mesopotamia. Indian, Egyptian, Chaldean, Babylonian, and Persian, Persian religious practices. All of these are specifically what the Bible says to us, the ways of the nation or the ways of these pagan people. So again, in Deuteronomy chapter 18, in verse number 9, the Bible says God's going to give his people the land. But they are not supposed to learn the abominations, it says, of those nations. In fact, God said when you go into the land, in another place, in Deuteronomy, he says that you're supposed to destroy all of their pictures and all of their images. So there were idols and imagery that they would worship and pray to, but there were also pictures that for the, very, the, the greatest part were actually occultic or devil-worshipping types of pictures. They were supposed to take all of those and burn them and destroy them and not take onto them the customs or the practices of the paganism of the world, okay? So then it says to us, there's not supposed to be found someone who would cause their son or daughter to pass through the fire. Now, this is a very significant statement, and what that means is, it's the matter of worshiping then to Moloch or making sacrifice to some false god, literally by sacrificing your children. And you say, that's crazy, that would never happen. In all of that ancient religions that I just read, with the Egyptian and Babylonian and all of that, it was a major part of their religion. One of the ultimate sacrifices that they could do to appease these very impersonal gods was to take their children and to sacrifice them to these false gods, literally making a sacrifice to the devil. So one of our uh, men that uh, grew up here, uh, with us, Brother Jonathan Hernandez, he and his family are down in Brazil, and they were on the Amazon River. And the people and their practices on the Amazon, Amazon River, if there are periods of time without rain, if there are periods of time of blight or of other difficulties or hardships they would have, they would believe, of course, that the gods were mad at them. And so they may very well have a big ceremony, which was a worshiping of Satan, and they would take one of their little children, often a male, and they would throw them out into the Amazon River for the, uh, the alligators, the piranhas and that, to take and devour them. And they believed that by doing that, that they were appeasing their gods. It is amazing, isn't it amazing how that uh, all of the false religions sacrifice their child for their false god when our God knows us and loves us and is a very personal God and he gave his son for us, not that we give our sons for some false god. That's how much God loves us, amen? And it's amazing just to see this truth. And so it tells us in here that a charmer, somebody who deals again with spirits in that, a consulter with familiar spirits, somebody that would uh, bring up through seance in that, bring up spirits and communicate with them. Wizard in the male sense, if you would, a witch that it speaks of right before that, an enchanter, those that observe times, which deals again, as we said, with horoscopes. It's the worshiping of the sun, the worshiping of the moon, and all of these things. All of these are worshipped to false gods. Specifically, they are occultic, which means that they're worshipping the devil. Either we worship the one true God through Jesus Christ, or if we worship God not as the creator, but if we worship a God through the creation, then that is a way, of course, of Lucifer. As he said, I will set my throne in the sides of the north. I will be worshipped instead of the God of heaven. I will be like the most high God. That's what Lucifer said. Now, he will be, the devil will be worshipped, 
by way of sun worship or moon worship or wind worship or fire or whatever it is, he'll be worshiped through all of those different elements which were made and created by God but are fallen under the curse of sin. The devil now is the God of this world. And so the way in which he receives glory is by people worshiping all of the different forms of God's creation. It's a very dangerous thing. Amen? And, and there are other people, or many, many that do that. One of the great commonalities that draws all this together is this worship. I want you to see this if you would. Because they said, and the point of this, again, if you look there, is that new age is not new. And again, it goes all the way back to the beginning of civilization and comes forward. You could read it on the screen if it's not too small there. The Time Magazine in December 7th of 1987 points out this, this occult. And it says that it's not new. So here we are in the new age. A combination of spirituality and superstition. Fad and farce. About which, about which the only thing certain is that it is not new. So it goes all the way back again to the early pagan practices of people all the way forward. Worshipping spirits and delving into those things which we do not know or understand. And worshipping false gods and creation but not the true God of heaven. We need to be careful about that. Because again there are some enticements that we'll talk about in just a moment that is found in the new age. Now, let's look, if you would, at number two, and write this down, if you would, false beliefs, false beliefs of the new age. I want to give these to you here. These are not printed somewheres, and I'll kind of try to read them kind of clearly, but we'll just move through this part here. But some of the false beliefs, then, of the new age. One is that man is inherently divine, so that man inherently is, or within him, has a God characteristic to them. So man is inherently divine, and all things are divine, right? You know the, um, <clears throat> the uh, great line from, uh, uh, from The Incredibles, right? When everyone is super, then no one is super. So I guess if everything is divine, so this pulpit here is divine, right? This advancer is divine, so if everything's divine, then I guess nothing is divine, right? But that's what they say nonetheless. We want to be good to this because this could be God here. We don't want to hurt him, right? And so um, get mad and throw and break him and then I could really be in trouble, right? Step on an ant and uh, not, not my mother's sister, but step on an ant and uh, could kill God. That would be a really bad thing, right? You don't know, right? It's possible. So number two then, all is one and all is God. Did you follow that? So all is one, we're all of each other, but all of that is a sum total of the God, his presence, his person, if you would. Number three, God is an impersonal consciousness and power. So everybody could be God because ultimately there is not really a God. There is just this presence and essence that floats around. There is just the influence of it, if you would. But God is impersonal, he's a consciousness, he's a power, he's not a person. Jesus is the enlightened teacher. Now I want to stop here for just a moment and say, isn't it interesting, listen, isn't it interesting that every false religion of the world has to identify Jesus Christ? Doesn't that speak of the power of Jesus Christ? Now, 
now the Bible doesn't have to identify every false religion as far as by name or as far as by a leader, but it does instruct us about not worshiping false gods as we just read and all of those things. But every false religion has to do something with the person of Jesus Christ because he is literally the one who changed history. Our calendar is actually adjusted then to the birth of Jesus Christ uh, in the year of our Lord. And so everything has to answer about Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Amen? And so Jesus then is the enlightened teacher. It's interesting that he was the enlightened teacher, but he taught nothing about the new age. He actually taught against the new age. So I don't know if they would consider him enlightened or not. Salvation is accomplished by good works and reincarnation. Right? That's why you can't stamp on that ant, like we said. And number six then, there is no absolute truth. All beliefs are valid. Now listen, I'm going to read something just real quickly here. But listen to this. All, there is no absolute truth. All beliefs are valid. But guess what belief is not valid? The belief in Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation. Everything is valid except for biblical Christianity. That's not valid, right? You cannot have biblical Christianity, but anything else is all merging together, right? Because it all is some form of spirit worship. So then, I want us, if you would, to turn to, you don't have to hold your place any longer there, but turn, if you would, to Colossians in chapter number 2. You'll see it on the screen there as far as the reference to it. So look, if you would, at Colossians chapter 2 and in verse number 18. I want us to read this, if you would, and it deals with this area, or it leans into this that we're talking about here uh, in Colossians chapter 2. There's a warning to born-again believers for us to stay away from that. Uh, and to not get into this realm of, again, the worshiping of angels and of spirits and that. So Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 18. Let no man beguile you. Let no man trick you of your reward. De dealing with believers here. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility. Humility, okay? This matter of, again, seeming like that we're not exalting ourselves. Right, we're not placing ourselves up as a prophet or God or whatever like that, but uh, it's a voluntary humility. But then it says, in worshiping of angels, worshiping of angels and of spirits, intruding into those things which he hath not seen. So it deals with this whole realm of the unseen and of the unknown, right? And so you have all of this matter of new age and spirit worship and all of that, but they know none of that, right? There's no proof of that there is no word of that there's no infallible message about that there's none of that at all it's just all feeling if you would oriented and so it says to not go into those things uh, which um, they've not seen vainly puffed up vainly puffed up in their fleshly mind and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increaseth with the increase of God. So instead of chasing after this spirit worship and this feel-good-ism, okay, instead of chasing after that, what we do 
is that we pursue after the Lord Jesus Christ, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, be made conformable unto his image. That's the one that we're pursuing, and that's the one that we want to have a knowledge of. Now, with this, this gets important now, is New Age infiltration. New Age infiltration. Again, there's an appeal of the message itself. So it really has infiltrated, it really has snuck into and crept into churches and so-called preachers that are giving a message, which is a power of positive thinking type of a message. And again, it's something that's very dangerous, okay? So we want to make no mistake here that there are leading figures of the new age that want to, listen, take over the world religions and they desire to remove any obstacles. I'm going to give you a quote here, so I'm going to read most of this, so just follow along if you would. This is a quote then from uh, from leading New Age teacher, and this is what they say. Uh, I, I said it a moment ago of, of Madam, I um, can't remember her name, but she is the one that um, uh, said this, Madam Blavatsky, okay? And here's what, here's what she wrote and said. Make no mistake that the leading figures of the New Age, uh, okay, and I'm sorry, here it is. One does not have to examine far into the writings of Miss Blavatsky and, and Alice Bailey, I guess it was there already, and others to see a satanic, inspired goals that are laid out. One common theme is that all peoples and all religions must join in unity and line up with compatible spiritual goals, such as seeking after cosmic consciousness, all right, you got that? And revering the planet itself as a living thing. Those previously disposed to conjuring up negative vibes and standing in the way. So there are those then that give off negative vibes to this worship of creation, and they are standing in the way. Let me help you to understand that. That is Bible-believing Christians, amen? Must undergo a total mind and spirit makeover for the goals to be achieved, either through the process of assimilation. Sounds kind of like the board, right? Either through the process of assimilation or elimination. Those acquainted, narrow, bigoted believers must give up the idea that there is only one way to the consciousness, right, which is God. Dear friend, we are watching the very assimilation of new agers have long envisioned to become a reality in our day. So they're going to bring everybody under this assimilation, right, of the master consciousness, which again, they would define is ultimately what God is. Here's a story real quick. A young lady uh, named uh, Shante said, I wasn't always a follower of Christ. Before Jesus saved me, I was heavily involved in New Age practices. If you aren't familiar with it, the New Age movement includes a wide range of ideologies that promote, listen to this, promote self-spirituality with the goal of personal growth, evolution, and connection with the universe. It teaches that all roads lead to heaven and pushes a spirituality apart from Christ. Finally, it promotes the belief that you can create whatever life you desire by simply connecting with your ancestors and spirit guides through spiritual practices. And then she makes this statement. She says, sounds absurd, huh? That was her word, but let me just add an amen to that. It absolutely is absurd. All right? But there are edges of this that even many preachers and Christians lean really hard into. Okay, uh, And we want to look at some of that so it's important. Here's five areas 
uh, that Christians need to understand related to this matter of new age infiltration. Here's the first one, and that is the law of attraction. So they say this is probably the most popular. This is the belief that if we think positively and have faith, we will get whatever it is that we desire from God. Teachers of the law of attraction will often tell you, believe, listen, imagine or visualize what you want from God and he will make it true for you. Now listen, this law of attraction is really strong among some preachers and some certain uh, religious movements, if you would, within the church. Obviously, let's just be specific about it, obviously the charismatic movement. They tell you that you must visualize uh, and that you must believe that it is so and believe that God will do it for you no matter what. Now the problem with some of this, obviously it's very unbiblical, but the big problem with it is just very self-centered and fleshly uh, centered. And that is, it becomes me-centric, right? It's all about me. Uh, I want this, right? And uh, we reached a family when we very first started the church. Before we even had our first service, I was knocking doors going up tarpon and I knocked on their door. Uh, and her two Rottweilers almost ate me alive. And finally she called them off, praise the Lord. And then she came into the church, and she was in a charismatic church before she got in our church. She was growing so much in our church. But they were doing the whole name it and claim it, right? And um, so they were promoting on this particular day that you were supposed to name and claim a yellow Cadillac. And you had to identify what color it was and everything like that. Then she said that they said, if you have really small faith or you have little faith, then you can name and claim a yellow trash can. So she started from that moment, and for days and weeks and months, she claimed in Jesus' name a yellow trash can. Now, I'm not sure what that was supposed to do for the furtherance of the Great Commission or whatever, right? But nonetheless, she was doing this. But let me just help you out. It is absolutely New Age uh, infiltration, okay? It is this thing that is very pleasing uh, makes you feel really good about yourself, if you would. And all, it's all about me feeling better about myself and liking myself better and that. And so it deals then with this law of attraction. The next one then, uh, after that is, let's see if we can get it to go, and that is to follow your heart. Man, how many people will tell you that? That you're supposed to follow your heart. Just wherever your heart leads you, your heart is your guide, and just simply follow your heart. Now Jeremiah 17 in verse number 9 tells us this. This is an oucher. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. Now again, understand this, that one of the attractions of the New Age movement of the New Age cult, one of the attractions of it is it is very feelings oriented, right? It really appeals to your feelings and what it is that you would want or what makes you feel good about yourself. There's a very strong attraction in that way. So obviously following your heart is just an amazing feel-good type of a message, right? So we want to be careful about that. Number three then, we are little gods or mini-gods, if you would. Now this is something, this is a, uh, a teaching, a belief that is popularized by different false teachings like, as they said, Kenneth Copeland, Joel Olstein, and even 
Oprah herself, okay? And the idea of this is, is that you're really God and you can just think it and you can name it or imagine it if you would and that's what it is that you would become. Now obviously we'd understand uh, how wrong or false that is. We've talked many times in this series about God as the self-existent one, that God is all holy, that God is almighty and all-powerful, uh, and uh, there's nothing that God cannot do, and I don't care how much power of positive thinking you use, you will never come to that level. Amen? Amen? You'll never be God. Amen? You won't be. I hope that doesn't hurt your feelings, but you'll never be God. Now, number four, then, is a oneness, a oneness. And we would understand this, and one of the great desires is for there to be a oneness. Now, their definition of oneness is you have to agree with us, right? That's their definition of oneness. But oneness is the idea that we become righteous, or specifically one with the consciousness, one with God, by being sinless and not by faith alone. Now, they believe, then, you arrive or become sinless uh, by adapting or by embracing their teaching. We know from 1 John chapter 1 that the Bible speaks about our sinfulness. It says, verse, 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, 9, and 10, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now, any of us will have a real hard time of believing that we would achieve to this sinlessness by embracing, if you would, new age doctrine. The last one I want you to see is that all roads lead where? To heaven. So again, it's just this matter of anything goes, whatever it is that you believe, unless being a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, that all roads then lead to heaven. You could believe in Jesus, you could believe in Muhammad, you could believe in whoever you wanted to believe, but ultimately you get there through a spirit worship uh, and through that new age belief and ideology. Now we understand in John 14 and verse number 6 that Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now let's come to the very last point there, and I think this is important, and we'd ask the question, what can I do? And I hope that that's something that you'd ask, okay? And I want to say that many of the answers that we look at in each of these different false religions has really a universal application to it. This answer is great for you whether you know anything at all about the new age it's just something that every one of us should do so what is it that I can do first off you need to continue to stand in the truth you need to continue to stand in the truth of God's word the Bible tells us watch ye stand fast in the faith quit ye like men be strong in 1st Corinthians 16 in verse number 13 and I love this one in 1st Thessalonians 521 prove all things Hold fast to that which is good. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I know a lot of different verses, but here's what we understand, and that is that Jesus Christ is true, that the Bible is the written word of God, just like Jesus is the living word of God, and this is truth. Sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now, one of the characteristics of the New Age is that everything is esoteric. There's nothing, I just wanted to use that word, there's nothing absolute at all as far as what we believe, who God is, here's chapter and verse, here's what makes up the new age. It's just this matter of delving into those things and whatever it is that you want to say is truth to you is perfectly fine. You can make up truth. It's almost like our modern education where you can just make up math also, amen? 
2 plus 2 is not really 4. If you want it to be 3, if you want it to be 7, whatever, all right, as long as it feels good to you. Uh, and this is all of what we lean into here, which is crazy, right? There is absolute truth. And new age is absolutely not truth, amen? So we need to continue to stand in truth. Also, then we need to continue to contend for the faith. Jude 1, Jude Verse number three, it says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort that you should earnestly, earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered to the saints. The word contend there, as you would understand, means to struggle for, to struggle for, to fight the good fight of faith. And to understand that we are Christian soldiers, and God did not say that this would be easy. And there are going to be conflicts. And we are to be wise as serpent and harmless as doves. We're not the one running around creating the conflict. But understand this, we cannot be exempt from it. Because we live in a sin-cursed world. You are going to have to know truth, and you're going to have to stand for truth. You are not going to get through the Christian life and never have any disagreements or oppositions. You're not going to. You're going to have to stand for the truth of Jesus Christ. You're going to have to contend for the faith. It is what God calls us. You can contend for the faith without being contentious or, or being a jerk, if you would. You can just stand for truth, and you must do that. The last one is this, and this is interesting. I'm going to take just a little bit to unpack this or unfold this. You need to lead with truth. You need to lead with truth. Let me help you out with that. Turn if you would to 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse number 23. 1 Thessalonians 5 and then verse number 23. I want us to see this if you would. The Bible says that man has three parts, okay? I don't want to confuse you, but God is a trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the triune God. Man was made in the image of God. And so for man, we would say, listen to this, that we would say that man is a trichotomy. That one person, but three parts, okay? So let's look to see that in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse number 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, your whole person. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there are different aspects of this. Our spirit was dead and it's made alive in Christ. Uh, our soul is that part of us which is eternal. But when you look up the definitions of these words that comes here in body, soul, and spirit, I think there's an application to this, and I just want to lay this out for you, okay? And so as you look at this within the context of this verse, the way it's used, your body then, of course, is the physical aspect of you. Your spirit, interestingly enough, is vital principles, a mental disposition. Your spirit there actually speaks of your mind, if you would. Your soul is the heart and emotions is the way that it's spoken of in that verse. Now, with that, uh, I want us to turn to another place, and that is Romans chapter number 7. Romans chapter number 7. You'll see that on the screen there. So what we need to do, listen, what we need to do is to allow the truths from the Word of God to capture and captivate our thoughts. And as we allow the word of God to fill our mind and our thoughts, as we more and more, not perfect, but as more and more we have the mind of Christ through the word of God, then right biblical thinking will guide us in every aspect of our life. So here's the point. What's going to lead for you? What is going to be the leading step for you? Is it going to be the physical and temporal? Is that going to be your leading step? What is the leading step going to be for you? Emotional? 
Oh, it has such an emotional appeal. It's so attractive to me. It just makes me feel so good. What is going to be the lead here for you? And of course, we're supposed to be led by the Spirit of God, by the Word of God. But, but what is going to be the lead step? Is it going to be the physical and temporal? Is it going to be the emotional? Or is it going to be the truths from the Word of God saturating our mind? Okay? Now look, if you would. Romans chapter 7, verse number 21. Romans 7, verse number 21. I find a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. So I have this battle in the flesh. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. I delight in God's word in my spirit. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which was in my members. The physical, the temporal, the emotional. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Look at verse 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my, what is that now? Mind, say it with me now. So with my what now? Mind, I serve the law of God. But with my flesh, I do what now? I serve the law of sin. Here's the thing we need to be careful about and understand. Here's just the last verse for you on the screen. Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now listen. I said, lead with the truth, okay? So how are we going to lead? Are we going to lead with the temporal and the physical? If it feels good, do it, right? Looking out for number one, you know, I, just what the flesh wants. Christian can't live that way. Are we going to lead emotionally, right? Oh, man, I love this, this teaching and that and self-promotion and uh, making myself feel better about myself and all of that. And so we want to lead emotionally. But according to the Word of God, what we need to do is take the truth of this book and let it saturate our mind. And then we need to lead with truth. And if you lead with truth, God will take care of your... Hi, this is Brent Lenentine. And before we go, I want to say thank you for listening to this podcast. It is our prayer that today's message has encouraged and helped you. If you have any questions about how to be saved or your Christian walk, we would love to connect with you. Please visit us at gospellightbaptist.org. If you live in the greater Albuquerque area and don't have a church home, we hope that you'll visit with us soon at Gospel Light Baptist Church in Rio Rancho. And if you do have a church home, then I pray that you are able to attend there. Every person needs to be faithful and accountable in a local church where they can grow and serve. This podcast is a supplement to your spiritual growth and let it encourage you to be more for Christ. Again, our website is gospellightbaptist.org. Thank you for listening and have a great week. No wonder it's attractive, right? Thank you for tuning in today. If you were listening for the first time, we believe the most important decision you could ever make is the decision to know Jesus in a personal way. To find out more about that, please visit gospellightbaptist.org slash Jesus. If you are a regular listener, we want to thank you for your time, and we would ask that you subscribe to this podcast, and also take a moment to share it with others on social media. Until next time, may God richly bless you. God to speak to your heart. If you don't know that you're saved and going to heaven, it isn't a matter of feeling if you would, but it's a matter of receiving the truth of God's word. You respond and you come. We have a pastor here. 
at both aisles here and they'll direct you, uh, have someone show you from the Bible how you could know that you're saved and going to heaven. You come if you would. Listen, in New Mexico, this thing is very real that we just talked about. There's this whole thing of just, again, worship of spirits and of angels and just allowing yourself to be led, your heart leading you if you would. This passionate pursuit just simply of self-improvement and feeling good if you would about yourself. And so God speaks to us now through his word. We're going to be dismissed here in just a moment. Just uh, want to remind you about the special service that we have tonight. We're doing the drive-in service tonight uh, just as a opportunity for us to uh, have a family time together. And so that will start at 5 o'clock with the festivities. will start at 5 o'clock. Uh, and then the actual service will start at 6. And so you can uh, remain in your car. You can bring lawn chairs, anything like that. We'll be out here. Uh, they're going to be selling some food tonight. Normally we just give away the food for these kind of things. But we thought we'd sell it this time because it's for a very good purpose. Everything you purchase tonight will directly benefit teenagers going to camp uh, this summer. And I can't think of a more worthy cause to come and grab a hamburger or a hot dog at 5 o'clock uh, than to help a young person get to camp. All right. So that's what's going on uh, this evening. Be in your place for that. Choir, we won't meet at 5 o'clock. Uh, because of that, uh, because of the, the drive-in service and the festivities there. Thank you so much for being faithful. I hope that you'll join us here uh, in the next hour and be involved in one of the Connect groups. Thank you so much, and you can be dismissed.